Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. P with Mr. P Explorers, and if you are tuning in right now, you are back for yet another episode of Mr. P's Tales from the Road. Hello from Northeast Ohio on the cusp of May here. It is April 28th, and uh, I don't know where you guys are at in the Rust Belt, but here in, in Cleveland, things are uh, are still a little cool uh, for, for almost May. Uh, so, you know, but if, you, if you're from here, you guys know that things are just that way around here. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, but wherever you're at, I hope you're having a great Friday. Right, the weekend is upon us here as I record this, and uh, I hope you guys are off on some adventures this weekend. Wherever you might be going, stay safe and have a great time. A um, couple things uh, on my end here. Uh, I am very excited. We are uh, in a couple weeks heading out towards uh, eastern eastern New York. I'm uh, gonna go head out and check out some of those uh, psychiatric hospitals that I've been dying to see. Uh, we don't have too many of those around here. Um, the ones we do have are either locked up, sealed up tight. Yes, uh, I'm looking at you, Molly Stark, in Canton. And uh, the other one that I'm familiar with around here that I know about uh, is is Northville up by Detroit. They're tearing that down as we speak. So I want to get out there and see some of these real old psych hospitals that are still standing. Um, if you guys were paying attention last year, a lot of them came down. A lot of those uh, old psychiatric hospitals uh, that have been around forever are coming down quickly, um, you know, on top of everything else that's coming down. Uh, but, uh, so we're hoping to get out there and, and hit a bunch of them. Uh, we're taking a whole three days off and we're going out there to see what we can see. Uh, so I'm kind of excited about that. And then the, the, the crazy thing is I'm coming back from that. And two days later, I'm hopping on a bus with, uh, over a hundred eighth grade kids. And I'm going to Washington DC as a chaperone, which means yours truly is going to be walking around DC, you know, leading these kids around to different important areas of cultural interest, interest, right? Uh, and you know me, you know, doing that, I've got to take the camera. So hopefully you guys will see some stuff from D.C. I'll be running and gunning my way, you know, as I try to keep up with these kids and keep them going. Uh, I'll be I'll be hitting stuff uh, as I go. Obviously, it's going to be hit or miss. We'll see what happens. But I'm excited. Uh, you know, the last time I was in D.C. was when I first started doing this and I had my little Panasonic and my sh- pictures were shit. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to actually, you know, shoot and kind of know what I'm doing, especially in some of the buildings. Um, the Capitol, especially. If you've never seen the Capitol Dome, you know, despite all the all the, all the shit that happened back in uh, you know a couple years back on January 6th, it's an amazing place. Um, if you've never been inside the Capitol, it's awesome. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting back there. So I got a, a couple cool things happening. Uh, school is almost over for me. Uh, May 25th is my last day, and I'm very excited about that for multiple reasons. A, I get to sleep again and and sort of become human again. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Uh, and 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 you know, also it starts the exploration season, you know, in full. A um, lot of cool things planned for this year. A lot of cool things planned for this summer. So I'm excited about that. Um, it has been a crazy one, and I am ready to <laughs> to move on and uh, see what the next next page has on it. Right. Um, anyway, today. What I thought I'd talk to you guys about today, uh, we're going to go back to West Virginia today. We've been, we've been in some different places. We spent a long time in, in uh, New Orleans and, 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 and more up in the northern part of, of the Rust Belt. So I thought, hey, let's go down to West Virginia today and talk about a couple things. Um, I don't get down to West Virginia as much as I'd like to. There's lots of cool stuff that way. There's lots of old you know, mining towns. And uh, you know, if you've never been to Thurman, West Virginia, it's kind of cool uh, on the New River. Uh, lots of cool stuff down there. Um, I would love to go back sometime, um, even if even if just to camp. You know, it's just a beautiful area. Um, it's very rugged, and it's very you know, there's lots of it's just very wooded, and you can find yourself in the middle of nowhere very quickly. 
Um, you can find yourself on a modern highway and then five minutes later be in the middle of nowhere. Um, but I would love to go back. Uh, it, I've been there multiple times uh, to hit some different things. Uh, mostly I've been uh, to Point Pleasant, West Virginia, which is right on the Ohio border. So it's really not that much different than Ohio right across the river. But uh, one of our tales today has to do with Point Pleasant, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, so two locations I want to talk about today. Uh, one of them is a, is a steel mill that is no longer with us uh, that we hit back in 2019. And the other one is an old shipyard that used to make riverboats for the Ohio River uh, for the Navy, as far as I can remember. All right, so two, two different locations we'll talk about um, that, that I've, I've, I've had the opportunity to go hit uh, in that area. Um, the first one... Uh, I've, I've talked about in different episodes before. Uh, the first one is the very first place I ever got caught by the authorities. Uh, so uh, it's kind of, kind of a fun story to tell. Um, and, and the story that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay out for you guys, uh, it, it's all about a place called Weirton Steel. All right. Um, Weirton, Weirton, West Virginia is right across the Ohio River from Ohio. Um, you know, it's in this southeast Ohio, western Virginia, this winter, bleak, cold country. When we went down there, it was January. Um, it, it was warm-ish for a January day, but it was it was still cold. So everything was still dead. Uh, it was just, if you've ever been down that way along, you know, in, into the cold country, uh, winter, it, it just, everything's ugly in winter. Uh, it's just, it's very bleak. Um, we had gone down towards East Liverpool, Ohio, to check out some places, and on a whim, um... Like, let's go down to Weirton. I've got this pin. I've got some information on it. Let's see if we can get in there and, and see if we can, you know, check it out. You know, it's this vast steel mill. Uh, it's coming down soon. Maybe there's a way in. You know, we had a little bit of intel here and there. So like, why not? Why not go down there? So we drove uh, down down the Ohio River and into this into this town of Weirton. Uh, we crossed over the river into Weirton. Um, now this place was was it was it was almost eerie. It was very very quiet, like a ghost town almost. It was it was a Sunday it was a Sunday afternoon, um, you know it, it was winter time. The sun was out, you know. Uh, it, it wasn't terribly cold, but there was nobody out. Like maybe one car or two cars. It was it was very quiet. It was it, but you felt like you were being watched the whole time you were there. It was it was that weird. Like it's one of those towns where a lot of the industry has disappeared and with it went most of the people, but there's still people living there, making a living, but they don't, you know, they see outsiders and like what's what's going on. So we felt very watched as you came in. It was kind of a creepy feeling. Um Now, they were they were they were starting to tear this thing down. Um it was being de- had been decommissioned. I think part of it had been kept open, you know, down towards the far end. But everything else was was you know slated to be destroyed, torn down. Um, you could see that happening already. Uh, you know, it was all on the river. There were huge chunks of it that had already come down, had been torn down, had been scrapped out, and, and gone. Um, little did we know that while we were there, uh, this whole thing was going to come down. You know, within a couple months, they were going to they were going to implode it. We didn't know that at the time, but uh, so we we parked, uh, you know, down down the street from from this plant, and uh, we found a hole in the fence, a couple holes in the fence that that allowed us onto the property. Now the problem was we couldn't get into the mill from where that was. We had to climb down. We did this crazy like like monkey climb down the side of a of a ravine, uh, you know, off of old pieces of wreckage of the actual mill that was this torn down to get down to the bottom so we could go into the mill. Um, so it was it was a, a very janky, very tense little bit of time for us to kind of kind of shimmy down these pipes and shimmy down these uh, 
you know, old rusted sections of building that it was just kind of scrapped up. Um, you know, we we we, we were uh, just waiting for something to just shift. You know, it did, it didn't seem very stable at all, and we figured it was going to shift, and down we'd go. Um, but luckily, we made our way down. Um, this steel mill was huge. Uh, if you've never been to a, a real steel mill with a blast furnace and the whole nine yards along the Ohio River, they are impressive as hell. The, the, it, very close to what Cary Furnace is in Pittsburgh. If you've never seen Cary Furnace, look it up. Uh, you can actually take tours of Cary. Whole other story for another time, but it, it the blast furnace and everything, it's just this massive complex. It reminded me of the complex, you know, in, in the movie Aliens, where they go in and there's a giant, like, atmospheric processor, and there's just pipes and catwalks and just stuff everywhere, and it was all rusting. It was gorgeous. Um, so, uh, a little history on this place, all right? The, the, the Weirton Steel Corporation, um, it was founded by Ernest T. Weir in, in, in 1909. Uh, and at one point, it was the, the world's largest producer of tin plate products. So I'm assuming they, they made tin there, or tin products, tin alloys. I don't know. Uh, and uh, it was originally uh, built, the, the company was originally in Clarksburg, West Virginia. In 1909, they moved to where it is, to, or where it was, anyway, uh, in Weirton, and they expanded the operation. Uh, and chosen because it was on the Ohio River. It was, I mean, it was plenty of water supply, uh, which you need for steel production. You need plenty of that. Plus, it's a place where barges can stop and drop off raw material. They can pick up, you know, finished product. Uh, it's on a rail line, all that good stuff. Um, it had four blast furnaces, okay, built in 1919, 1926, 1941, and 1952. Uh, it had an open hearth shop, uh, a Bessemer converter. So, that you know, all, all the goods you need to make high-quality steel. Um, and the last thing to be built was a basic oxygen plant, which we did get to see. That was what we actually got into uh, on our trip there. In 1965, they built this thing. All right. Um, now, you know, years went by, and, and, and the, the property had changed hands from different companies. Um, April 22 of 2004, so fast forward all that time. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, uh, the, the steel mill was, was purchased uh, by another group uh, called ISG, uh, International Steel, uh, they bought it and it became ISG Weirton Steel. Uh, and then eventually down the line, it closed again at, at 2012. Finally, uh, a company called ArcelorMittal uh, Steel. I think I'm pronouncing that right. All right, ArcelorMittal. Mittal? Middle? I don't know. If you're a steel mill person, let me know uh, if I'm saying that right. In 2012, uh, it closed. Um, now, uh, they blew up. <laughs> they blew up the place that we were in uh, in March of 2019. So shortly after we were there, they, they tore this place down. Uh, so we were some of the last ones maybe to come and see what was there. All right. Uh, I had been tipped off to Weirton by a friend of mine. Uh, he's like, you got to get in there. It's amazing. You'll love it. And he was right. Uh, from the minute we got into the property, I was just, I was, I was just, I, I, I didn't even know where to look first. Uh, this place was so big and so impressive and so imposing. And there was so many different angles and different things you could take a look at. Uh, I almost didn't know where to start. Um, you know, we started climbing into the into the guts of this plant, and, and and again, it was like that movie. It was like an Aliens. It was these crazy stairwells going everywhere, pipes, you know, crisscrossing, giant, massive pipes uh, that you could probably walk in if you could get into them. Um, that probably carried water and 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 you know whatever uh, to cool things off. I don't I don't know. Uh, it was just a vast building. <laughs> it just I I can't state enough how impressive it was. Um, now, the, 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 the area we were in, which I assume was the, the oxygen plant. I assume that's what that was. I'm pretty sure that's what that was. Um, this, this had, you know, it, once we got up to the top floor, um, there were, 
well, not the top floor, but the ground floor, there were all these open pits that led down into these these recesses that we had climbed up through. So it, it, it just, it, there were these holes everywhere you had to be, be careful of. I mean, some of them had handrails around them, some of them didn't. Um, this vast open space that we came out into, of course, had this giant gantry crane, which we climbed up on top of. Um, I, I hate the fact that I, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. This was 2019. I was still getting used to having a real camera. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, I was shooting everything at ISO 400. Uh, I was shooting everything at, at, at F, you know, F 3.5. Uh, I didn't know anything about depth. I didn't know anything. I knew nothing. Uh, and the shots turned out like shit. Uh, I, I still want to go back and try to maybe re-edit some of them and try to pull something out to make it look good. Uh, cause that was such an impressive place and obviously it's gone now, so we can't, can't do it. But, uh, now what we didn't know as we're exploring this place, all right, what we didn't know, uh, was that, uh, scrappers, illegal scrappers were coming into the plant, um, through different means. Uh, they had their own lock on, on one of the gates to get in and they were coming in at night and they were scrapping things out there, pulling metal out illegally. All right. Um, there were legal scrapping. They were there were legal companies taking the the remnants that they were tearing down and, and making off with it. But there were illegal scrappers coming in and stealing things, and they were leaving their tools inside the the, the plant, um, inside this the offices of this this giant area of of the steel mill. Um, you know, and uh, we of course you know the, the people we were with wanted to explore everything, and we, we wanted to check out every little nook and cranny. We were gonna, we were going to spend we were willing to spend all day. In this in this steel mill, um, so the, the the guy we were with was poking around through the offices, all right, and uh, he found all these scrappers' tools, you know, these big duffel bags, you know, welding equipment and and, and torches and hammers and pry bars and everything you could imagine you'd need to pull a building apart was stacked in these in these bags. What he didn't realize was that there was a camera in there. A hidden camera, uh, motion detectors, and it was all connected to the local police department. Okay, um, so if anybody was in there, it went off. It turns out later on we would find out that the, they were trying to catch these guys. So they put this camera. They left all their equipment in there, and they put these cameras in to try to catch these guys in the act of being there. So we set off, you know, an alarm we didn't even know about, right? Now we go on exploring the rest of this facility. There's a whole bunch of stuff there. We we got through a big chunk of it. Um, there's this really cool bridge that kind of crosses over the railroad tracks to another part of the plant that crossed over to the other side um, of the plant that we were on. Really cool trestle bridge that had pipes running across it, and you could kind of walk across. Uh, lots of cool little side buildings and things we were getting into. Um, as we were walking out of one of these buildings, the building facing the actual main plant, um, there's like this, this, this open empty area where they'd already removed some of the building. So it was like the, the rubble had been removed and all that was, there was like dirt between the, the, the plant and where we were, um, as we're walking out of this building and looking at the plant, what do I see coming out of the steel mill, but a cop. All right. Not just one cop, but two cops. All right. It was the sheriff and it was the deputy and they both had big ass dogs with them on leashes. And I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, right then and there, we knew we're like, ah, we're, we're made. There's no way we're hiding from these guys. Even if we were to run, they'd have dogs. They'd catch us real quick. So, you know, we, we immediately started walking towards them. They saw us and they came over. And as soon as they saw our cameras, they relaxed. They knew we weren't there scrapping. But um, I was expecting a showdown, right? We're in West Virginia. 
All right, West Virginia, especially down that way, it, they're they're not known for being cosmopolitan, right? They're not known for being, you know, they're kind of wary of outsiders, right? And here are these people wandering around. You know, there was like four or five of us. I was thinking there was five of us that day, and uh, we're wandering around, and we come out, and 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 I was expecting, you know, what you doing here, boy? Like I was expecting that. What I got was the complete opposite. I could, to this day, I can't believe how nice these guys were. The sheriff was the nicest guy I've ever met. Um, he was just asking, oh, what are you guys doing here? You know, he was real, like, matter-of-factly and cool about it. And when we told him, he's like, oh, I can understand that. And the deputy's like, yeah, this place was really cool. They started talking to us for, like, maybe 20 minutes about the plant, you know. And he's like, oh, you guys aren't supposed to be in here. We're like, yeah, we know that now. We didn't realize, you know, we, we played dumb. We didn't realize. We didn't, we didn't see any signs where we came in. We, we thought we could come in and take some pictures and then go, and we weren't going to touch anything or mess with anything. And he told us the whole story of... of you know, how we got caught. He's like, yeah, uh, the alarm went off about an hour or about a half hour ago. And uh, we, we, we came over here and we're expecting scrappers and you guys are what we got. So <laughs> we're, we're glad it's just you guys that we wouldn't have a showdown with anybody. Um, now they were going to let us go. He was like, you know what? I, I, I know you guys aren't here to cause trouble. I know I, because, I, I, you know, here we are. We're all in our forties. We're all in our forties. Everybody there was in their forties. And, uh, they knew we weren't there to cause trouble. We're just a bunch of old, you know, old-ish people walking around with cameras. He was going to let us go without any problems. But he's like, I can't. I have to. The owner has to come. And if the owner's going to press charges, he's going to press charges. And I, if it was up to me, I'd just let you go now with a warning and you guys could go on your way. So we had to wait for the owner to get there. All right. And the owner, when he finally shows up, is this like 60-something crusty moody, you know, and I can understand why he'd be moody. He's probably pissed that he had to come from home. We pulled him out of whatever he was doing at home to come down to the, to the, to the, to the, to the property and, and, and deal with this on a Sunday. Uh, so he shows up all cranky. He's like, oh, God damn it. This is unsafe and it's being torn down. And he went on and on and on. And I got, I got where his anger was coming from. Um, and we explained, you know, what we were doing there. We didn't mean any harm. We definitely weren't going to cause any trouble or break. We would leave, and we're not coming back. We won't, you know, we won't give him any more trouble. And I think he calmed down. I think he warmed to us after a while. He's like, all right, well, just uh, one one condition. You got to let me know where you guys got in. So we happily showed him, you know, one of the holes that was there. Uh, we left. We didn't tell him about the like the eight other ones that were on down the way. But we told him about the one we came in and. Um, it was hilarious because the deputy's like, oh, you guys, you guys can take all the shots you want from the street and you guys can go out there and there's cool angles. And he was, it was, it was, it was like, I don't know. It was like Andy, Andy Griffith, you know, is, you know, I was waiting for Gomer Pyle to show up. They were that nice. Right. And, uh, they let us go without any problems. And I was like, oh, I can't believe we got away with that. Here we are in this steel mill, this vast steel mill that's being torn down. Uh, we got away with it just just by being honest and being and being nice and, and being respectful and, and all that, um, you know. And as I tell everybody, don't that, that's that's one of those those lessons. Don't mouth off to the cops. Come towards them. Be respectful. Be chill. Yes, sir. No, sir. You know. And usually nine times out of ten, you're gonna be okay, uh, unless the owner wants to to cause trouble. But in this case, this guy, you know, once he realized we were we were chill, he was fine. But uh, that was the first time we ever got caught. I ever got caught by anybody. Uh, in an abandoned building, you know, I guess the first of, of several times, but, um, and I felt bad because there was so much more to this, this, this steel mill. There was so much more, so many amazing other things we could have seen. We didn't get to cause you know, cause my buddy set the alarm off and we, I, he wouldn't have known, but it would have been cool to see the rest of this building, you know, and sure enough, you know, a couple months later it all came down. So we never got a chance to go back, 
Um, too bad, though. I would have loved to have seen that place and, and shot it with, with the knowledge that I have now and the camera I have now. It would have been a whole different experience. But I think I'm going to go back and try to re- re-edit some of those. We'll see what happens. I don't know. So that's one of our first big adventures in, in, into industrial West Virginia. Um, about a year or so, I want to say a year later, maybe a year later, we uh, uh, the, the same the same guy who, who who set off the alarm. He and I got together and and took a, a trip down further south into West Virginia to hit a bunch of old mining uh, towns and some stuff like that. And um, one of the one of the first things we hit um, was Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Um, now Point Pleasant, West Virginia. If you're playing along here, uh, you know it's usually known for uh, the Mothman. All right, all the things that happened with Mothman, uh, the TNT area outside of Point Pleasant, which was the old uh, West Virginia Ordnance Works, right, where the Mothman was seen in 1967, 1966. Um, you know, that's mostly what people go there for. But 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 what people don't realize is there's other things in Point Pleasant if you go and look around. Uh, we did some research and, and took a look around the area, and it, as it turns out, on the outskirts of town, we found this this abandoned factory complex. We're like, oh, what the hell is that? So we pinned it, and uh, you know we were going to go check out the TNT area. It was just, you know this is this is a, like a year later. This is in in early 2020, like January 2020. We made a trip out there, and um, the whole plan was to go see the, the the TNT igloos and all of that, and shoot that because the the vegetation's down. You can see everything. Uh, but before we did that, that morning that we, st- we we got there, we went and and, and hit this this complex. Now. Uh, the place we hit, uh, the name of the place was it was called Marietta Manufacturing Company, and it had gone through several iterations. But what it had originally been was a shipyard. Um, uh, how do I put this? I mean, it, it, they used to make they used to make I want to say riverboats uh, for the Navy. You know, not 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 blue water ships that are out on the ocean, but stuff that the, the Navy would use like in house on on the Ohio River or you know, any of the rivers, Mississippi, whatever. They built ships for that. For the Navy. Um, so I'll give you a little history on this place. This Obviously, Marietta Manufacturing didn't start in Point Pleasant. It started in Marietta, Ohio. You know, I don't know how far up the river it is, you know, northeast, uh, maybe maybe 50 miles, 60 miles, maybe more. I'm not sure. Uh, Marietta is is on the north, basically at the, at the tip of Ohio, uh, where Ohio and West Virginia meet right there. Uh, I-77 crosses through it. All right. Uh, and this company started off making steam boiler parts and stoves. That's what they started doing, and eventually started building ships for the Army and Navy during World War II, the Korean War, Vietnam, uh, civilian craft that operated on Ohio and Mississippi, um, for whatever, maybe even tugboats, all right? Uh, about 800 vessels during, during the 50 years this place was open. Um, it was originally founded in Ohio, and they, they moved it to Point Pleasant after this huge flood in 1913, and it was there until they closed it in 1984, so this place was open quite a long time. Uh, it was uh, started by W.F. Robinson Company. Uh, and, and again, it first built sailing craft and steam-propelled stuff, um, commercial service stuff, and then it, it slowly made their way up to, to the military stuff. Um, the, uh, the shipyard was 42 acres. Okay? It had a marine railway that connected to the main railway nearby, um, dry docks that are no longer there. Uh, you know, a whole bunch of facilities and buildings for repairing and, and building new vessels, uh, barges. Uh, if, if you've ever been on the Ohio River, you know that there are barges coming up and down the river all the time. Um, 
they had a pipe mill, they had crane, they had all kinds of stuff. Right? When World War II came, uh, they had 3,000 people working at this place. Okay? It was a major producer of armies' tugs, tugboats. All right? um, now, after the war, of course, employment sank through the floor. Uh, once we were done with, with, with the big one, uh, with the big 2-2, uh, it all, all declined. The employment just kind of kind of declined, and, and the yard closed in 1967. And most of it stayed that way for a good long time. Um, we got a feeling that there were other companies that, that, that maybe purchased parts of it and used it for things, and I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so here's this huge complex of old factory buildings, and some of them have been torn down. Some of them were half torn down. Some of them were still fully standing. Uh, it just depended. It was this huge area. Now, we, we arrived in the area, uh, as we always did at, before the crack, the ass crack of dawn, right? Uh, it's January 2020. It's cold as hell that a.m. There's thick frost on the ground. Uh, the sun had not come up yet. Uh, it, was, it was just starting to come up a little bit. It was just a little bit of light when we got there. We pull into this small neighborhood nearby. Right, and as you can tell, it's a working class neighborhood. There are pickup trucks everywhere. Uh, this is definitely a working class neighborhood, uh, and we stood out like a sore thumb with our Ohio plates and this Jeep that he had. Um, this is the kind of town that Bruce Springsteen sings about in his songs. You know, working class Ohio Valley factory town, very gritty, very everybody knows each other, that kind of place. All right, um, so we we you know we got out of the car, and we, we 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 stealthily wander into this into this complex and we, we head all the way to the back and we're walking down these trails that are just completely covered in 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 frost and it was cold as I, I remember my, I was cold it was a cold morning the wind was just whipping off the Ohio River and it was cold um, even with gloves it was cold um, but uh, we made our all the way to the back and we started just just documenting all these different little factory buildings and as the sun came up we had this amazing golden hour just the golden light of the sunrise coming and hitting the rust and the greens of the... I don't know if you guys have ever seen on factories, they have like this, this green translucent paneling that goes over the windows to like, to like keep most of the light out, but still have some kind of light coming in. They're like these green panels. It's hard to explain, but the, the, the sun was beaten off of that, and the, the lighting and the color was beautiful. All right? Uh, just, just, just golden tones to everything as we were walking through. Um... We, uh, we, we, we headed over to the company offices, what would have been the company offices. It was old, old brick building. You could tell it had been built you know, this, at the start of the last century, right? You know, you know 19, early 1900s. Old building made out of brick, um, completely covered. The front was completely covered in these black, you know, dead vines you know, that were dead for the winter. You could almost not see the front of the building. You could see the windows kind of through the... Um, you know, through the window, through the, through, the, through the vines, you could see the windows, but you could not, there was no way to get in the front doors. We had to find another entrance into this place. Uh, it was three stories tall, just old school brick. Uh, and when we got in there, it, it was like a time capsule. You know, it was mostly natural decay, right? Uh, you could tell that some stuff had been left behind. There were the old, these old, old rusting desks, like old school, like probably from back in the 40s and 50s, you know, that were still there. A bunch of uh, rusting file cabinets. And in some cases, they even still had old paperwork in them. We found paperwork going back to the 60s um, in some of these filing cabinets, you know, for, for parts and supplies and things like that. Um, it was built, obviously it was built out of you know, reinforced concrete, so the floors weren't falling through, but I mean, the, the, the walls were decaying, like there was lots of decay in that, in that department, but the floors were solid. Uh, it was basically a factory building, um, you know, that had offices in it. 
and uh, you know all these just old desks, these old rotting, like old school, not like like IKEA or you know any kind of garbage you might buy at like an office store. We're talking like old school, you know, with the roll tops, like old school desks that were just decaying. It was amazing. And again, I didn't know what the hell I was doing with my camera still at that point. So you know what I got was what I got. But uh, it's still it was just an amazing place to see. Even if I didn't get great shots of it to document it, it was an amazing place to to, to kind of wander through. Even down into the basement, there was all this old uh, rusting equipment that had been left behind. Now, we didn't even know what any of this stuff was. It was just you know, gears and, and, and just huge machines in the basement that had been used for something. Um, and just paperwork. Like I said, paperwork everywhere for parts and requisitions and uh, you know repairs and just everywhere. Um, it was a cool old building. <laughs> I would love to go back. I don't know what condition it's in now, but I would love to go check it out. Um, across the, the, the field from, from this place, you know, what would have probably been either parking lot or, or yard where they would have kept supplies or whatever, there was this, uh, another old factory building. It was a, it was a two-story building, um, that must have been like a maintenance building because there were, there were shelves everywhere that would have held parts. Kind of like just, you know, you have parts that are, la- each, each, each shelf is labeled and the parts would have been in, in that shelf or in that drawer that you pull out. Just all on the walls were these, these bays that had parts racks. Um, and one of the coolest things I've ever seen, I don't know how, I mean, this is just how I feel about it, but we saw this uh, um, old floor cleaner, like a floor cleaner that would have buffed floors back in the day. You know, we actually ride on, you hop on it, and you ride around, and you buff the floors, you know, in a factory. It was just sitting there when it had been parked whenever they had closed this thing. So probably as far back as the 60s or maybe even the 80s. I don't know. Uh, depends on when this part was closed. I'm gonna, we're going to assume maybe the 80s. You know, it was still parked where it was left in, the, in, in 84 when this place closed. All right. Uh, and there were like decades of dead leaves built up around it. So it looked like it had, been, it had sunk into the ground. Um, just all rusted and just parked where they left it. You know, there was a bunch of stuff that had just been left behind, and it's like they left and planned to come back the next day or the next week, and they never bothered to come back. Just stuff laying everywhere, tools and uh, just all kinds of shit, um, all rusting. Um, we went upstairs, and, and the upstairs was a little more janky. It was a wooden floor. Uh, there had been decay. Uh, the windows, most of them had been, some of them had been broken out. So they'd been getting, the elements had been coming in. Uh, vines had been crawling in through the windows. So some of the floors were not in good condition. We had to avoid some of the floors or else we would have wound up at the bottom, uh, the hard way. Um, the coolest thing there, though, there were these dead, I don't even know how to explain this. They were like dead vines, like these crazy, creepy, crawling vines that stretched across the floor in different directions. Um, it wasn't like ivy, though. They were like separate vines that like went off in different directions, like almost like a big spider web with spaces in between. And uh, they all connected in these weird ways. It looked like something out of the Twilight Zone. It looked like something from like... Uh, from a you know just some creepy sci-fi movie, you know, this like fungus that grew out into the floor. You these vines just kind of you know sucking the life out of everything. It, it was cool, uh, you know. And the leaves and and the the uh, the dust had kind of collected onto these vines, and they, it looked like a, it looked like a, an alien creature on the floor, like spread out over the floor. Um, and uh, you know it just it was a cool place. Uh, we moved further as we fo- moved further back towards the front of the facility. Um, that's when things got a little weird. We uh, we walked into what I can only assume was one of the main construction areas where they used to build the boats. Um, huge factory building uh, that had several gantry cranes in it at the top. You know, like two or three stories a gantry crane, and uh, part of it had collapsed, so you could see the sky through it. All right. 
uh, this beautiful blue sky. You know, the sun had finally finally come up. The uh, the frost was starting to burn off. You had this beautiful blue sky coming through, looking up through the the skylights of this place um, and some of the collapsed roofing that had come down. Um, now, what was really weird was what we found inside this building. Okay, obviously this had been used for a different purpose originally. All right, but sometime after 1984, someone had used this building either to make or store this strange product. Uh, you know, we're, we're wandering around, and we find at least, like, just, just, just thousands of these bags full of what looked to be, like, wood chips or wood, some kind of powder. I don't know what it was. Uh, and and on, on each one uh, was a label. All right, it said, uh, and, I, and again, in Spanish, I think I'm getting this right, uh, quebracho, quebracho. Q-U-E-B-R-A-C-H-O. Corbacho? I, I think that's how you pronounce it, I'm, I'm thinking. We didn't know what the hell this stuff was. We're like, what? My buddy's like, what's Quebecero? <laughs> he can't speak Spanish. He has no clue what he's reading. Uh, I think it says, uh, you know, Corbaco or Corbaco? I don't know. So we, we, of course, joked around about this. This is, you know, this is West Virginian drugs, you know. We didn't know what this stuff was. But there were sacks of it everywhere, like piled up on, on, on pallets. And you could tell it had been there for a while. This stuff had been there for a good long time. Uh, later on, I would look it up, and um, it turns out it's a it's a it's a plant from I want to say South America. It was a type of wood. It was a tree, a wood, a special kind of wood. Um, when you break it down in Spanish, it's quebrar uh, hacha, which means axe breaker. So it was it was this this strong wood, uh, you know, break axe or break. It was called break axe wood. Uh, it's a hardwood from South America, and apparently, uh, when you chip it up and powder it up, it's good for asthma and stuff for lower respiratory problems, uh, chest con- congestion, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, high blood pressure, spasms, fluid retention, fever and pain. It was like this, this cure-all, apparently a cure-all uh, thing you could use, like a drug almost. You could use a natural plant you could use to s- solve different problems. Uh, and, of course, it was also used to increase sex drive. Hoo-ha. All right. Uh, so whatever this stuff was, they had piled up these just, 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 just giant stacks of these bags full of this stuff. Um, and you could tell it had been there for a long time because a lot of it was rotting. Um, they had stacked this stuff so high and in so many places that when, when the bags finally started to rot, uh, a lot of the stacks fell over and took out whole beams, which then took most of the roof down. So the roof was taken down by these stacks just avalanching down. Uh, at some point, they probably all fell over and took out half, half the roof. Uh, so that must have been a hell of a loud situation. All right, um, you know, and, and the thing that kind of blew our minds is as we're as we're looking at these bags, we noticed that like the bags were steaming. All right, it's cold out, and these bags were like like steam was coming off these bags. I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, it took us a few minutes to figure out that the stuff had been rotting, and the de- de- uh, the uh, the way it had done that, the decomposition, uh, the heat coming off from the decomposition was forming steam. Uh, like for a minute, I'm like, what, is this shit toxic? Like, what is this stuff? Um, and it was just everywhere. It was everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. And I don't know to this day, you know, why they had it, if anybody ever used it again. Uh, I'm assuming they're still rotting there today. No clue what it looks like now. Uh, but I would love to go back to this place. We, we kind of finished off the tour there. Um, I could have spent far longer in this place than my buddy was. He's more of a, he's more of a you know, he, he has a cell phone. He's boom, boom, boom. All right, I'm good. I, I'm seeing all these angles, and I would have loved to have stayed longer. But he was anxious to get on our way. So we, we left from that point and headed off to the TNT zone, to uh, the TNT area to check out the, the Mothman stuff. But, um, again, this was just a fascinating place. It was an old shipyard with lots of old goodies to, to take a look at. 
you know. Uh, Point Pleasant is one of those places that's kind of off the beaten path. People don't go there to explore. It's not like Detroit or Cleveland or Buffalo where there's all these industrial buildings that everybody hits, right? Point Pleasant's kind of out of the way, and there really wasn't any 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 uh, graffiti or anything that was broken uh, by vandalism. It was mostly just natural decay, things falling apart, um, which made it made it unique and cool to, to get to visit. So we enjoyed that quite a bit. Again, I'd love to go back sometime, uh, maybe sometime this summer or maybe next fall. We'll see. But um, anyway, so those are my two stories from uh, West Virginia. Um, and I'm not going not gonna to kill you guys with me singing uh, country roads here, although I'd love to. In fact, we just sung that to school. Some kid started singing it today, and I started singing it with him. And he did, you know that song? I'm like, kid, that was, that was out long before you were born. All right, uh, you know, John Denver and all that. So I will spare you. The, I'll spare you my singing voice here on on the show, but uh, but yeah, those are my two stories that I I thought I'd, I'd toss out for you guys today. Hope you enjoyed them. Um, hopefully, after the the next couple couple weeks here, I'll have some really cool stories to tell you guys from from abroad, from New York, uh, as we as we go through that. So yeah, stay tuned. Um, as always, uh, keep on sending questions. I, I, I had a lot of positive reaction from last week's Q&A episode. Um, if you have questions and you'd like answered, send them my way. All right, ship them to me uh, on Facebook at, at the Mr. P Explorers page or you know, message me, uh, Instagram, uh, Vero, Twitter, where, wherever you're at and you would like to send something to me, by all means do so. Um, I will add those to the next episode that we do that's a Q&A, so down the line somewhere. All right. Um, on that note, I hope you guys have an awesome weekend. I hope you get out there. I, I don't know what the weather is going to be like, but whatever it's like, hopefully you get a little something in. Uh, this is that time of the year where we finally get to get out with our cameras and, and get some stuff done. So, um, yeah, go out there and enjoy it. All right. Um, I will be back next week uh, with some stories. I'm thinking we're going to talk. I think we're going to talk a little bit about New York next week. Some of our other adventures that I've had there, uh, kind of to prep for the, the next trip here. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the other trips we've taken in the past there. All right. So you guys have a great weekend. Have fun. Get out there, explore. Keep taking some great pictures, and I will see you guys in the next one. All right. Enjoy your weekend. This is Mr. P signing out. <laughs>